Hello and welcome to Coffee with Algamy Consulting. Hello and welcome to Coffee Meet with Algamy Consulting and me, Chris New. I'm introducing a series of podcasts aimed at providing some insight from the key players of the wealth and asset management industry and what it means to run and operate an investment management business in the context of COVID-19. Today with us, we've got two fantastic guests. First, we have Patricia Schutz from Pictay Asset Management. Welcome, Patricia. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. And our second guest is industry veteran Veit Schoon, coming to us live from Lisbon, uh, also on Zoom. Welcome. Good morning, Chris. We also have Algamy founding partner, Pierre-Yves Rahari, as my co-host. Good morning, Pierre-Yves. Good morning, Chris. Today, we'll be looking into the topic of COVID-19. Where is the industry today? Where is it going tomorrow? Uh, how is COVID-19 impacting investors, products, flows? And generally, how is it going to impact the people and the organisations in the investment industry? So we're looking forward to learning the observations of our guests throughout the crisis and where they think we will be going in the future. Has everyone got their cup of, cup of coffee ready with them and not feeling Absolutely. nice and relaxed? Absolutely. Just a little uh, bit of fun before we uh, dive into the topic. Um, I'm going to ask you all at the end of this uh, podcast uh, when this lockdown finishes, which um, could be a long time or could be next week, depending on which government source you believe. Which coffee shop would you be? Would we all be meeting up in? And you know, why is that your favourite? So if you can keep that one bubbling away in the background. So before we dive into the topic, I think it's probably worth giving a buy on our two guests. So um, Patricia, a senior client uh, portfolio manager at Pictay Asset Management. For that, hold similar role Vesco, and for that, um, Pimco. So. Um, a fixed income uh, specialist, I think that's fair to say, Patricia, yeah, so. uh, throughout your career. So um, I think that will be interesting to see how that that um, differs from, I guess, myself having a sort of equities background has a different, slightly different lens on on how this crisis is impacting uh, the industry. Um, right, uh, and again, an industry veteran uh, held some very senior roles recently. Uh, Maitland Group as COO. The fund, fund Services Group, based out of South Africa, um, but sort of operations are across the globe. And then also prior to that was CEO of um, Citibank, uh, private bank in Switzerland. Okay, um, so our topic, state of the industry. If I can go to you first, Patricia. Um, I guess in terms of investors, maybe it's worth giving our listeners an idea of senior client portfolio manager. What is it that role entails and what you've been seeing over the last few um, few weeks? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, perhaps to explain the role, I sit on an investment team, the Global Bonds investment team, sure. and I work with our salespeople and our clients. So I'm the liaison between the investment side and the client side. So I actually, I like to say I have the best of both worlds. So I'm involved with the asset management side and, and making the investment decisions part, you know, part of that process, knowing what our portfolio managers are doing. Um, but not taking risk because I'd hate to have to do that. So I have the, the, the luxury of knowing what we're doing, explaining it to our clients, but then not having sales targets and dealing you know, with, with that aspect of it. So it's a nice link. So I'm the representative of the investment team to our clients, yeah. vice versa from our clients to our investment team. So um, I think it's important that I, I am part of the investment team to really understand our process and see what, what's going on in the markets and then understand from the client side what they're seeing. And we certainly have gone through a dramatic change in terms of 
how we go about doing business. Um, at the end, what we're trying to achieve remains the same. So we have clients that need to invest. They have their pension, their pension members or their, their needs for raising cash. Um, we are still investing their, their cash. Uh, it's the mechanism by which we, we affect those transactions and then communicate it to our clients. So markets haven't changed, clients haven't changed, but the delivery mechanism in between has changed, how we're going about doing it. So I think we're in a state of flux, I mean, um, and we're just at the start of how the industry will evolve in actually affecting those investments and communicating that to clients. Patricia, and what have you seen change most in the course of the crisis in this transmission mechanism that you refer to? I think the, 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 the obvious one is the fact that we're all working from home. Mm -hmm. And not just the investment managers, um, uh, but the clients themselves. And so I think the first stage that we saw is that we saw a lot of market movement, a lot of things going on in, you know, in, uh, in terms of you know, whether it's equity or fixed income markets, but everybody's working from home. So the first, first task we had to, or hurdle we had to, um, to jump was actually how do we go about working from home efficiently, effectively, in compliance with all the regulations. So getting the system set up. So that was that was from our side. It was also from the client side. So clients need to be you know, need to access their system. So that operational aspect of just being able to work remotely um, was the first challenge. I think we've all handled that quite well. We we can prove we've been able to prove for the last two months that we can actually still invest um, remotely. And clients are able to, to have access to their information. But first, that, that first setup was what was important. Um, and then, you know, implementing a system by which we're effectively communicating to clients. It was, was shortly um, affected thereafter. Fantastic. So communication is key, is, is what I'm hearing. And having the technology to deliver that must have been, must have been the, the first challenge. I think the technology was there, but not on the massive scale as quickly. Um, and that ramp up was, was quite dramatic. But I think everyone has been able, certainly we've, we've been very lucky with our, the teams that we have supporting us, that we were able to ramp up very quickly and with, with you know, no impact on, on portfolios or on the clients. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Uh, telling you, what, what is your experience been? Maybe, maybe what, we can... what Patricia just said, I think it's very, very important. I think, but it's not only for the wealth industry, I think it's for all, all industries. The landscape will change. The way we operate will change totally. We will work from home. Even if this is all finished, people will start working from home. Offices will be rebuilt in a totally different way. Social distancing will continue for a long, long time. Because not only of the virus, I think people have realized we can work differently. We can communicate differently in a much better way if we, ch if we change things. And the biggest challenge uh, businesses have at the moment is exactly this communication. Be more digital. Uh, people expecting more communication. Uh, people will do more and more working from home as well as in the office. Cybercrime, I think, will pick up because all these organizations, whether uh, these companies who do communication, it's all done more for the private part. It's all done for maybe having some board meetings, but it's never been used really as a daily active tool where you actually have heavy discussions, do trading, et cetera, et cetera. So cybercrime, it will be a huge issue. Um, the quality of the systems is not there where it should be. And I think we can see this. Meetings mm -hmm. are okay, but it's difficult. So this has a huge impact. 
human capital in the wealth management industry is the most important part. And we have to make sure how we protect the people, how we give people the access and clients expecting this. So I see a huge shift in, in the industry of do we need offices in this size? How do we work together? How do we social distancing in the office? How we invest in future differently? I think the investment landscape will change. Um, there will be companies which be far more interested to invest in future than let's say traditional companies. Um, we have to look into sustainable investments into companies. So yeah. COVID-19 is, I think, a tsunami for the generation. And I think the younger generation, which are in the 20s and the 30s, which never experienced these kinds of things, will live in a totally different world, far more relaxed in due course, because they know how to live with these things and they know how to use this modern technology than for the older generation. So investors will be interesting for investors because I think the investment world will change dramatically. Yeah, so you think, interesting, you think the, not only this, this sort of this way of working and communicating, which sort of the millennials, if, we, if I can bucket that generation, as being um, able to, to handle this, this change in working patterns, but the actual product flows are sort of, yeah. you seem to be alluding to a sort of ESG style investment, or there's some kind of ethical element to that. And I guess, I guess from your side, in terms of the, in terms of your lessons learned, you sort of gave some idea of how, how you've changed your communication is key. Um, that face-to-face -face interaction, I think we've been able to show that we can still communicate with our clients effectively. But the critical point, um, actually, there were two points that, that you brought up that the uh, the younger generation, I hate to say younger than me, but yeah, the, the generation that's very comfortable with sharing a lot of personal information online, whether it's on Twitter or, or Instagram or Snapchat, that changes. That is the issue of cybersecurity, I think, is critical going forward in the investment management world because we are just going through different stages of this process. So the first stage is, can we do it? We've been able to prove that we can do it. The next stage is we need to make sure those communications are secure so that when we are having investment meetings or there's a, a, a client conference call that nobody else can hack into it. So up until now, we've been fine. We haven't heard of anything, but you know, we don't know. We don't know um, the extent to which the systems are secure for the long run, how robust they are. And I think that's critical because cybersecurity is on the rise. Um, we get daily pop-ups from, from our local banks, making sure we're not getting fished and we're you know, transferring money correctly. So I think that's the critical point, making sure that the systems are uh, secure and locked down. I think there'll be a lot of emphasis on that and not giving away information uh, too cavalierly just because we're doing it in informal setup. But most definitely the industry is changing to the extent of how we actually are affecting it, but the needs of the clients and the needs are, remain the same. It's just a matter of making sure that we do it effectively. And, and I do think that the industry will shrink. Um, we'll have new players. Uh, we'll have yeah. players that, that spot an opportunity and, and will grow. And other players that, you know, as Vite was mentioning, they'll, they'll shrink, whether it's in our industry or in the hospitality industry or, you know, your traditional services, consumer services. But you will see that. I mean, um, yeah, there is a change happening, but it will be in stages. So that, that, that shrinking concept, and clearly we've talked about restaurants and the wider economy and that. You know, I think the Bank of England talked about a reduction of GDP in the, in the sort of, 
uh, sort of realm of 14%, but then a big pickup next year. Now, asset management sort of has been going through a period of consolidation and that's market commentators have said that's a sort of a general trend. Is that what you mean by shrinking in terms of number of players or, or just, I guess, people will still need wealth managed or assets managed? So is it just time to consolidate given the, the digitization of that industry uh, and the, the economies of scale? Mike, Mike, do you want to definitely, definitely. I mean, there was the old rule. If you don't have 100 billion assets under, under management, you won't even survive. So this was an old rule which existed all the time. Hmm. But I, I think we have to expect that the industry will shrink. It has to shrink. I think companies will have opportunity as well to shrink. I mean, that's the best part now as well. You actually can make your business better because you have a reason why you have to shrink. Unions can't say anything. Nobody can say anything because there's a crisis. So it's a fantastic opportunity to actually reshape your business for the future. And I hope people will do this. It's a perfect chance to do it now without anybody getting criticized. That's the important part. The second part is digital and communication is important. Not every asset manager is able to finance this, to do this. They don't have the tools, they don't have the skills, they don't have the manpower. So I think you will see very, very small boutique asset managers building up, which have a few client base and they continue with their client base and they're really like, like a family office style. And then you have this really traditional, perfect asset managers who have the, the right structure for people working from home, where they had the right structure for cybercrime to protect, etc., which will continue. And what's in between will disappear. Quality will stay, and really the small one who are like family office style will stay. What's in the middle, the mediocre one, which could go through the whole thing because the market was growing, will all disappear, which is a perfect thing. And I think the same will happen in all other industries as well. This is opportunity for a CEO to clean up the businesses. And that's what I'm doing for the time being. You know, it's really important. It's fantastic opportunity to really restart from scratch with something which is new, which is for the next generation. I'd have to totally agree with that. And we're seeing that on a very micro level in terms of uh, the types of emails or, or calls that we take from, from our side and also from our clients in that I think initially everybody wanted to share information. We Our inboxes exploded with emails and market commentary. And what we've seen is um, from our side and also from our client side, they're calling down the number of different um, Web webinars or podcasts or emails they're, they're reading because they just want to focus on the quality, um, those that they can trust that the information is accurate, that it's good insight, um, because they can't read everything. They can't answer every email. And so it's along the same themes of what Bytes is saying. You know, those players can actually deliver quality goods consistently and for the long term are those that will survive. The mediocre players will have to, uh, have to uh, reinvent themselves or consolidate or basically drop out of the industry. Pierre-Yves, you, you had uh, something you wanted to say there. Yeah, you, you both made reference to client slash investors. What has been your experience um, of with them going through this crisis? What do you think is going through their mind and what you think is going to happen with regard to their outlook and what they want to do? Patricia, you want to start? Uh, sure. Um, I think initially the shock to, you know, 
to the markets was so severe mm. that it was like deer frozen in headlights. And I think that was probably the best reaction not to overreact. And, and I have to caveat that in one way, because there were some investors that were um, some of the, you know, bigger sovereign wealth funds that were raising cash very quickly. Uh, lots of different reasons, but we saw this demand for cash in March. Everybody wanted U.S. dollars and wanted U.S. treasuries. They were just raising cash, selling assets, but not really doing a core asset reallocation. But they wanted you know, wanted cash, so we actually saw that we saw a dramatic growth in our money market funds, in our government bond funds, where people wanted liquid, safe assets. Now coming out of that, though, they're trying to assess where are the best opportunities um, and what do they need to to do in the long term. So I think you again, um, you know, initially it was like what's happening? I need to be safe. I need to raise cash. I don't know what's going on. What we saw in April after we saw, you know very aggressive quantitative easing program support from all the different um, the governments on the fiscal side from central banks then we saw in april this you know this rush to deploy that cash but deploy it in higher quality assets so we saw a, a dramatic bounce back in in april but it doesn't mean that everything is you know is is clear and, and smooth sailing from now pierre Evo, thank you thank you that's, i think that's fascinating insight uh, from both of you um i think there's there's some Sort of three or four big takeaways I've sort of taken from this discussion. Um, I don't know if you have any others, Pierre. But I see, you know, communication. We talked about at the top top of the the chat was was a big thing, especially the sort of implications for cybersecurity that will have, and being able to trust that community, those communications tools to have heavy discussions. I think is the term you use, right? Uh, and you know, even in government, I think that that's a that's a topic. Um, shrinking of the industry or the consolidation um, and I like what you said right about you know there's the sophisticated players who can deal with this this change uh, quickly and then there, there's, there'll always be a need for sort of niche uh, boutique players um, who I guess relationships are key but there's uh, maybe a shock coming for those those uh, middle middle mediocre players um, who who haven't moved for the times um, and then, then finally, there's there's a second wave coming. Um, so, uh, I think the industry is still maybe acting tactically, but um, sounds like um, they need to be prepared um, uh, for another wave before they decide what the the final strategy is going to be. Um, so, thank you very much. Um, I think I set your question at the top of this podcast. So, when we meet up again after the second wave. Where are we going to meet up for coffees? Right, we'll go, go to you. Are we, are we going to come over to Lisbon? I think you have to come over to Lisbon. I mean, I could give you other coffee places. But I mean, Lisbon is, I mean, little bit background on Lisbon. Lisbon is totally underrated, I think, in many views. People go to Barcelona and go to Madrid. Now, in the last three or four years, they discovered Lisbon. And if you walk through Lisbon, you find these really old traditional coffee shops, which you get your pastinata and you hold your... Portuguese talking and the old ladies and the old gentlemen talking and it's in a fantastic calm atmosphere and there's one in Prince Pial which is one of the kind of posher area or where like big streets and big shops used to be or still are and there is a very small coffee shop called Esplanade Cafe which is really calm and quiet and sitting there in this little square and having a coffee and let the world around you buzzing is a fantastic part because if you be in Lisbon, the interesting in Lisbon is 
the city is working, but there's never hectic. You go to New York and everything is hectic and hectic. And in Lisbon or in Portugal, people somehow, they work, they do their job, but they're all relaxed. And there's no COVID-19. This is there is no COVID-19. In utopia you're describing here. Absolutely, but we go there. We will go there. We will go there. So I'm an optimist as well. We will go there. We go through this and we were all sitting there and having a fantastic uh, galore. I'm, well, I'm feeling sorry for Patricia now because she's got to top that with her. Uh, well, I, it's hard to top. It's hard to top uh, Lisbon in, in that description. But we're on the same. We're thinking along the same lines. Um, I lived in Vienna for a year as a student, and that's where I think when I really fell in love with coffee. So I can't think of any coffee house in London or New York where I've also lived. But Vienna is like you know. Yeah center of, of the coffee culture. So, um, and when I think about it, like back in the day, when you're a student, you don't have any, uh, any money. And when I'm there for business, it's quick. But you have, you know, the two, the two classics, you know, Cafe Lampman and Cafe Central, where you sit exactly what Gwait was saying, you enjoy your coffee, you watch the world around you, you take your time, you focus on the conversation with the person that you have, which I think we've lost. If anything, this whole crisis has brought back the art of conversation with friends, just as a little sideline, you know, I've not talked to more friends in far places as I have over the last um, six, six months, as I was, sorry, six weeks is the last six months or six years. So that coffee culture, relaxed, enjoy everybody around you, enjoy that cup of coffee. Don't slip it down on your way to the office. So yeah, I would, themes are the same here. Right? And there's <laughs> these cakes. So I think I'm, think I'm it's a yes. tough decision. We're gonna, I think I'm calling that a draw, frankly. Um, so let's so, go to Lisbon first though. Let's go to Lisbon first. Welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you both again and um, hopefully we will see you on one of our podcasts again. Thank you again to Pierre Eve for co-hosting this with me. Thank you. Okay, thanks everyone and thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with the next installment.